Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So in my 21 years of ministry experience, what I have encountered time and time again is that there's actually a whole lot of Christians who don't quite understand what it means to live Christian day in and day out. And to help you understand what I mean by that, let me give you a couple of different examples of of how some people are really good at missing the point when it comes to what it really looks like and, and feels like to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So, of course, in my time of serving the church, I have come across hundreds of people that when they give their life to Christ are immediately transformed in ways that no one thought was possible. That's something that happened to me. I mean, my life was turned upside down. The result being that these people are filled to overflowing with excitement and energy, oftentimes showing up to church every single time the doors are open. And then when they're not at church, you'll find them reading scripture, praying, serving others, all the while telling everyone that they encounter about how Jesus saved them, which, by the way, is exactly how it's supposed to go. That's what's supposed to happen at that stage. And it's absolutely amazing. And I love spending time with those baby Christians who are living off the high of giving their life to Christ because it doesn't get any bigger than that. But what I've also discovered now that I've been in this game long enough to see some patterns, to see some trends, is that oftentimes a significant number of those baby Christians, when that excitement begins to wear off, when all those warm and fuzzies start to fade, that feeling, is that slowly but surely they go back to the life they were living before Jesus showed up. Now, of course, some of them will remain in the church and grow into deeply committed Christians. That's how it's supposed to work. But it's also the case that many of them, because the excitement is gone, because they've lost that feeling, eventually get less and less involved, while some just quit showing up altogether. Another kind of Christian that I continue to experience are those that I call mountaintop Christians. And you know what I mean when I say that, right? They attended a conference, went to a camp, heard a sermon, where God shows up in their lives in very powerful ways, and it changes them. It transforms them from the inside out. And what happens in response to these experiences? You're going to find these people rededicating to their lives to Christ with everything that they are. They're getting more involved in serving others. They're, they're making it a point to read Scripture and, and prayer, or in a sense, they put God back at the center of their lives where he belongs, which is also amazing. Because the truth is, we all need to have at least a couple of these experiences in our lives to become and to get through all the things that we need to get through in this life. And just like baby Christians, I love being around people who are having those mountaintop experiences. To see the change that takes place. To watch as they delve into kingdom work with this kind of reckless abandon to see how their relationship with God grows in leaps and bounds. 
But with that being said, what I've also noticed is that these Christians, after having those amazing mountaintop experiences, and when, they're start, and when the excitement begins to fade, that's similar to what happens to baby Christians. Slowly but surely, they too start reverting back to the life they were living before that mountaintop experience. Doing less and less kingdom work. No longer fired up about volunteering at the church or anywhere else for that matter. To sleep in more and more on Sunday morning. And then to push this even further, what I've also noticed is that because of these people having these life-changing experiences, and also because what many of them have been taught, that they actually believe that this is what the Christian faith is supposed to feel like all the time. And that the mountaintop experience or the way they felt when they were born again is what it's supposed to feel like every single day as a Christian. And then if they don't feel that way, then they feel they must be doing something wrong. Something's not right. Ultimately causing them to become the kind of Christians who are doing nothing but chasing after that mountaintop experience. That feeling. Or how many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about? How many of you might just be doing this in your Christian walk? I just find a whole lot of people doing this. And I'm guilty of this myself. It's taken me a long time to get to the place where I am today. So while keeping all of that in the back of your minds, what I want to do now to help all of us begin to move beyond this unrealistic and unhealthy way of understanding the Christian faith is I want to get into another metaphor from the ancient games that the Bible uses, right? That's what this sermon series is all about, to give us a better, more realistic way of understanding what what it's like to follow Jesus every single day. And this is foundational. You've got to have this information to make it in life. This will transform you and hopefully set you free in a sense. So it says this, Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And that's the part I really want you to get. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now, what I believe the authors of Hebrews is trying to get us to see here is that if we want to understand what it's like to live Christian, or if we really want to know what it looks and feels like to follow Jesus day in and day out, then one of the metaphors that puts all of that into perspective, that helps us wrap our brain around that, is that of running a race that takes perseverance to complete. Or in other words, running a long-distance race. That's what he's getting at here. And for me, the long-distance race that really puts this into perspective is a marathon. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through what it actually takes to to make your way through a marathon. And then we're going to see what this is, what this has to teach us about following Jesus. And this is, again, this stuff will change you if you'll embrace it. So the first thing you need to know about a marathon, marathon's not a sprint. If you treat a marathon like a sprint, you will not make it. You might make it a mile but then you are going to burn out because a marathon 
is the kind of race where you have to learn to pace yourself as you settle in for the long haul. Second thing you need to know about running a marathon is that this is a race that is not about feeling good and strong the whole time you're running, but it's about embracing and enduring all the different steps and stages you will experience as you push towards that goal of 26.2 miles. Or to help you really get a sense of what these steps and stages are all about, let me walk you through what a lot of people experience as they run this grueling race. So the first stage of a marathon is what? runners call starting nerves. And what happens during this stage of the race, which lasts for about the first three miles, is that the runners feel really good. They're even excited about taking on the challenge of running over 26 miles, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Why in God's name would you run 26.2 miles? But nonetheless, they do. And we've got a marathon runner over here. Um, and Christian, their son, is actually a national champion marathon runner. And he's usually here, but not here today. So um, I say that in the nicest way I can, right? <laughs> Very impressive. Stage two, miles three to eight, is where runners find their groove. Or, or at this point in the race, they've got their pace. They start feeling even better about the prospects of finishing because now the the rust is knocked off. They've loosened up and the adrenaline is flowing. They got this thing. This is going to be amazing. We are going to do this. But then what happens from mile 9 to 13 is for the first time things start to get real. Or for a runner, this is the point when they realize that they're not even halfway through this long race. And they might just not have what it takes to make it. This is where things start to get hard. Which only gets worse from mile 13 to 18. Because at this point in the race, the excitement is all but gone. The boredom has set in. Everything in their body is starting to hurt. So it's no longer just their lungs and their legs. Everything in their body is starting to hurt. Or, or this is the place where they begin to ask that question. Why in God's name am I doing this? What's the point of running all these miles? It doesn't make any sense at this point. I should just quit. But that's not even the worst part of the race. Because what happens about mile 18 through mile 20 is this thing they call hitting the wall. Or or they get to the place where everything within them is telling them that that they can't do it. It's impossible. They should just stop running and walk away. All that pain, all that suffering would just go away in a moment if they would just stop running. But for those runners that continue by just putting one foot in front of the other, even though it's one of the hardest things they will ever do, what happens when they get to mile 21 is they start to realize, I can do this. I can do this. All that's left to do is a 10K. And I've run hundreds of 10Ks. I can do this, which in turn is all the hope that a runner needs to get them across the finish line, not only so they can stop running. Could you imagine running for 26.2 miles and how good it would feel just to stop? But most importantly, so they can take some time to celebrate that they did it. They did it. They actually ran 26.2 miles. Instead of giving up and giving in when things got hard, when their body was telling them to do that, they gave everything they had to finish a race that most people won't attempt because it is that difficult. 
which I'm sure is an unbelievable feeling. A feeling that I'm pretty sure I will never have. <laughs> it's too good to be true. I mean, I just, I can't even imagine. And then the feeling that you get when you get to tell people, hey, I ran a marathon. And they, the first look at it is like, why, right? But then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of impressive. That's pretty amazing. Now, what all of that has to teach us about what it's really like to live Christian, or the brilliance of what I think the authors of Hebrews is trying to get us to see here, is that living the Christian life is not, nor has it ever been, about living on the mountaintop, or living in that state of euphoria all the time where everything is always easy, but instead is the kind of life that comes with different steps and stages that we must learn to embrace. Some are amazing, there's no doubt about that where you get to experience God in ways that you never thought possible as you are transformed. That is amazing, while other stages are almost unbearable, where you just have to put one foot in front of the other while holding on to God with everything that you've got because that's all you can do. It's the only way that you can get through a day. And whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, all these stages are actually necessary if we want to become the people that God has created us to be, or if we want to finish the race. Because the truth is, the place where God does his best work is not when we're feeling good and everything's going our way. No, where God does his best work is in the darkness, in the most difficult times in our lives. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Think back through your life. Where is the most formation taking place? It's not when everything's going great. It's in the midst of the difficulty. God comes in there and he does his resurrection work, right? Which means the key to living the Christian life, which we have to embrace if we're going to make it, is not to spend all our time chasing after that next mountaintop experience or expecting everything to always go our way and everything to always be warm and fuzzy, but instead is about learning to Every stage of the journey. The ups, downs, the in-betweens. Trusting. That's right. Trusting that God is working through all of it to mold and shape us into the people he created us to be. We've got a singer over here today. <laughs> or may you that this is what it's really like to live Christian this is what it looks and feels like to follow Jesus all the days of your life which means you just need to keep running you need to get past all the feelings and all that kind of stuff now if there's good feelings embrace it and all that kind of stuff get past the feelings and do what you need to do day in and day Put one foot in front of the other. Because if you'll do that, I think you'll find that not only will you live into a full and meaningful life that, that matters and that makes a difference, but that when you finish the race, when this thing ends, it, it's going to be even better than you could have ever imagined. So keep running. <laughs> <laughs> 
Keep trusting God. See what happens. Let us pray. Father, we come to you and our prayer is simple. Help us to understand that the Christian faith is not about living on the mountain. It's not always about feeling good and everything going our way, but instead is a kind of faith that comes with steps and stages. And these stages are good. They're the very things that you use to shape and mold us into the people that you created us to be. So help us, O oh Lord, get that thought out of our head and embrace where we're at in this moment. Knowing that you take everything that happens to us and you use that to make us who we're supposed to be. Or help us, O oh Lord, to run this marathon, to run this race with everything that we are, knowing no matter what happens, you're with us the whole entire way. We ask this in your name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.